You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Tech Fan Podcast number 320. My name is Tim Robertson, and joining me this week is Owen Robin. Hello, Owen. Hey, Tim. How are you? I am great. Uh, you're not so great. Yeah, if I sound a little husky, it's from all this smoke. So let's talk about that for a minute. For those who either don't watch the news, don't follow social media, or live on, uh, you know, England or Germany or Australia, where we do have a lot of uh, listeners, they may not be aware with everything else that's going on nowadays. With someone like Weinstein, who seems to be catching all the news, which is a a horrible thing, but there's actual something going on in California that's kind of important, and it, it quite honestly isn't getting... The attention I think it deserves. Yeah, it's, so, and we're it's, talking as about, I said, it's just yet another disaster. I mean, it's this, this poor country is getting getting beat to death with disasters with all the seems like the storms and you know and and things. So north of us, about forty miles. You're in the Barry. Well, you're in Oakland. Yes, Oakland. I'm in Oakland. So I'm across from San Francisco, um, but about forty miles north of us in the Napa and Sonoma wine regions, which is these incredibly large, I mean, there's like six of these fires, and each of them are around 44,000 acres right now each. Fires burning out of control. They've, like, got 3% containment on the largest one, I think. Uh, And it's been hot and not very humid and very strong winds here, and it is wiping out, out homes by the thousands. But not just homes. Like Hilton lost two hotels. Just gone. Were, just gone. I mean, burnt to the ground. And if you do a, if you do a Google search like for California wildfires, it's you look at that and go, oh my god. I mean, it's it's scary. I mean, I live in so this when it first started up, I live in the Oakland Hills where we had that big bad firestorm in 1990 or 91, I think it was, where it wiped out a couple thousand houses or. 1500 something like that houses in the Oakland Hills and just it evacuated everybody and I woke up at 2 30 in the morning to the smell of smoke and it, it I couldn't get back to sleep because it's like okay I'm smelling smoke I can look out the front window and see the street light and it's hazy there's and I'm like oh my god do we have we have another big fire up here turns out that fire was 50 miles away and it's that smoky where you live that's smoky where I live yeah and and like we're right now, our where I live right now is under a red flag warning because of high winds. And so it's kind of dry, and the and we have a lot of overgrowth because we had a really rainy uh, winter, which so you guys needed desperately, which we needed. But that of course makes a lot of fuel. So it's smoky. I, I gave you a photo, which I think you're going to put up on the. Yeah, anybody that's listening to this show, if you just click the uh, where. Whatever podcast app you're using, or if you're listening online, you can see the picture. It's a picture so that you took yesterday. That's that's San Francisco in the shadow at the bottom. So you're looking down. It was a clear day. That that haze you see is the smoke. That's and that that's the sun looking like you know. Like I said, if there was an eclipse right now, you could watch it without glasses. Wow. <laughs> you can look right at the sun. And like about about 20 minutes after that, I wasn't at that spot anymore. It turned into this giant red. It looked like an LED, LED dying. You know, this giant red dot, and that was about an hour before sunset. It's a crazy picture because 
you know, I, I, I spent quite a bit of time in that area, so I know the what the ambient light is in San Francisco. It's weird because ambient light is different in different parts of the country. Yeah, I, it is. L.A. is kind of a golden, golden color. Because the sky is so dirty. Well, well, it's mostly because it's surrounded by desert, I think. Desert, yes. Uh, everything here where I live is is more blue and green. Okay. Because we have so Which much water and, and grass. It's so we, actually. Um, but yeah, San Francisco is, is probably closer to what I'm used to when it comes to ambient light. Texas has a yep. totally different uh, yep. earth-tony color. Uh, but... To look at that picture and know where you're at and what I'm looking at, it's almost uh, apocalyptic. Yeah. Well, if you see the pictures of places that have burned down, it looks like it looks like a war zone. It looks like a bomb went off. It just flattened everything. Now, what does There's that do? There. Now, you're 50 miles away, 40 miles away. What's that do to the heat in your area? The strange thing is it makes it cooler. Does it? Because it blocks the sun. Oh, yeah. So, you know how people who watch the eclipse, they noticed that when the sun got blocked, the temperature went down 10 degrees. Yeah, it did. I was outside and I totally noticed that. I was like, wow, it got, it actually got cooler. cooler. Significantly so this is cooler. doing a similar effect. Wow. Not quite as much. But Wednesday when I went out, um, it felt like, you know how that golden color you get at sunset? Yeah. It was like that all day long. That's eerie. It was. I was. The cat was. The cats were freaked out in the neighborhood. The dogs are barking weirdly. I mean, you can. It, it freaks out the. You don't hear birds at all because I guess they're the first ones that get affected by the smoke. But uh, yeah, Google the uh, California wildfires and you'll see some of these pictures. For well, I've been watching some snowman. video. Uh, Sam uh, Levin on Facebook posted a shot of his. I'm assuming his backyard area deck. Oh. And it's got a lot of ash in it. Oh, the sky was falling ash for a while when the wind was blowing this way. 50 miles. What makes me nervous is that um, wildfires, if the wind comes up high, can move at about 35 miles an hour. All right, so you could... We could get evacuated all of a sudden. Now, is... We're going to be gone this weekend. We're, you know, we're we're going to be over over on the beach area near San Francisco with some friends. And uh, we're about an hour away, which is about how long it might take if the fire comes up that fast. And between here and there, it's mostly forested area and wood, wooded area, so it could it could run through there pretty fast. Are people there where you live kind of freaking out at this point? Yeah, because we've been through it once already. You know, we my wife and I bought the house we're in now a year after the last firestorm because no one people were freaked out to leave. You know, they wanted to get out. So prices came down. So it was a good time. Let's go by. Because I grew up in this in this area. And uh, that was the first firestorm I'd ever seen in the area. So I figured the odds were good there wouldn't be another one. But smelling smoke every day kind of goes, oh, man, that's, that's bizarre. So when you kind of look at what's going on, and look, we, we're very myopic people. We always have been. What affects me? Um, you're worried about drought and fire, right? Um, and you know, earthquake, an, an earthquake. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you got a nice trimative going on there. Uh, you Sorry. go down. You got you got the all three of them going on there. Yeah, right now. Yeah, you go down south, and they're worried about hurricanes and flooding. Yep. Um, somewhat on the east coast as well, but they're worried more about water levels going up. So is Florida. 
Um, here, you know, we get tornadoes, but... And those would freak me out because I'm not used to them. <laughs> yeah. They, well, you, you get kind of blasé about it sometimes. It's like, oh, we got a tornado warning. Everybody go down in the basement. The chances well, of it like actually hitting is... Yeah. Um, yeah, earthquakes. Yeah, we, we have those, right? <laughs> well, but tornadoes are very concentrated. You oh, know, I know. It's not like it takes out three miles of one city. It's usually a pretty straight line path. And you know what it looks like after a tornado hits? There's just nothing there. Right. That's what the fire zone looks like. Yeah. I and, See, I'd be more freaked out by fires 50 miles away that are just ravaging everything because there's, yeah. there's literally no way you can stop it. You know, the firefighters... Hats off to them. I, you know, they're literally going into hell, you know, and they wear all that equipment and all that specialty, um, clothing and, you know, they're wearing 60, 70 pounds worth of gear and they got to take their own oxygen with them. Yeah. And and they're, and they, they know their efforts are almost futile. They have to try, you know, they're trying to save people's homes, their livelihoods, but man, when it's that big. And, and it's, it's that fast moving. Yeah. In the news, they said that sometimes they had to back away. They couldn't save homes, you know. Sure. Like last last night, they were talking about how it moved up on a hill in these multi-million dollar homes. I, I laughed. I said, oh, that, like three bedroom, two bath, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> <In> California. <laughs> uh, but these big homes in the wine country are just getting devastated. We get... Uh, winery, we've lost a bunch of wineries. What the heck Well, here... I think my biggest concern is, uh, you know, in the wintertime, we get really bad snowstorms occasionally. Right. And those are the kind of things that you literally can't leave the house for a couple of days. You know, we usually and generally get a warning when something like that's coming. And you'll see it runs on, on uh, grocery stores, people stocking up because right. you could be stuck in your house for a couple of days. You know, we get ice storms that will take down tree limbs, which, of course, will then break tree branches. And you can be hours or days without power. We had, I remember one summer, we were out of power for like four days. Wow. I was in an ice storm in Indiana. That was was freaky. It is. You, You can't really go anywhere. Everything is literally frozen. You can't, well, I'll just run to the store. Well, how are you running to the store? You, yeah. you can't walk there. Put on skates. <laughs> yeah, you can't. Well, it's not like it's it's a nice even glaze on a. Everything is just ice. You can barely walk on it. Your car, you can't even start your car, let alone open the door because it's completely encased Frozen. in ice. I um, years and years and years ago, the, people will date this by Texas International was the name of the air, air the airline that I flew on, and I was flying to Austin, Texas. And the plane was circling and circling and circling. And the pilot says, well, there's an ice storm that's moved in, but we're running low on fuel, so we're going for it. <laughs> you know, yeehaw. <laughs> right. <laughs> and that was like one of the scariest landings I've ever been in. And they land, we get out in the airport. I walk up to the rental counter, and I startled the woman. So he's like, where the hell did you come from? <laughs> I said, off a Texas International flight. She goes, Figures they'd be the only airline to try to land in this weather. Yeah. Uh, she says, I can't give you a car because of the ice storm that was going on. And plus, you don't have the experience driving on and on. They were told they couldn't give cars to anybody. Yeah. But even if they did, I mean, you don't have any experience driving in icy weather. I mean, it's a totally different skill set. 
if you've never driven in snow, I mean, heavy snow or ice, you, you have no idea. I mean, yeah, I, this, one of the scariest times I've ever driven in my life. We were coming back from Chicago. It was me, Julie, and, um, three of the four kids were in the car. I think might've been two, but I'm pretty sure three of them. Okay. And we were on interstate 94. We were actually real close to home. Comparatively speaking, we're, we're between Kalamazoo and Battle Creek. And we get hit by an ice storm. And I'm doing maybe 20 miles an hour going down the highway. Maybe 20. Jeez. And, and there's hardly any cars actually on the highway because most of the cars are in the ditch. They've, they they've, spun up, they've already crashed. Or, yeah. And we, you can't stop. There was no way right. to stop the car. I wasn't touching the gas at all. The accelerator, <laughs> my foot wasn't anywhere. But I couldn't also touch the brake because if you touch the brake... You're going to spin out and put yourself so, in the, yeah. yeah. And you're going to slam into another car. So no, I literally like just had, yeah, I had to keep going forward until the ice was, you know, lessened enough where I could actually get off the next exit and make my way to home through the back roads. That kind of stuff scares yeah. the crap out of me. If I'd have been by myself, it would have been one thing, but I had the kids in the car. That was, it was terrifying. Yeah. I was in uh, Utah once, and the I I had ne I never seen black ice before. Oh, I, I didn't know what that was, and I'm coming down this freeway in this rental car, and there's a bridge that has a turn in it, and I turn the wheel, and the car goes nah. Yep, we're going this way. <laughs> and, and, and I felt like I was playing a, in a pinball game. I just like bing off the hit the the guardrail yeah. with this rental car and it kind of slid off sideways and I'm going sideways on the bridge and then it hit the road that, on the other side of it and caught again and I drive it in and I got to the rental car return the guy looks and goes oh you're on 29 black ice huh I mean they, had, they I guess they get their cars damaged all the time <laughs> but my brain's like okay you get black ice there all the time what genius put a turn in the middle of a bridge yeah it doesn't make a lot of sense <laughs> And you got to remember, uh, the bridges ice up way sooner than anything else because there's no ground that. underneath it to thaw out the ice. I had never seen that before. So who, what did I know, right? Yeah. And, and he said there was nothing you could do about it anyway. No, you the, if you hit black ice, it's just hold on. Yeah, It'll be over was, when it's over. Luckily, I, was doing, I wasn't going super fast. Uh, because the the weather was kind of yucky, yeah. But still, like at about thirty miles an hour, is like banging off the guardrail. I hit uh, I hit black ice uh, just inside Indiana, coming out of Illinois one day, uh, maybe six years ago, five years ago, and it was only about a quarter mile stretch, and it was a straightaway. But I was doing <laughs> seventy miles an hour when I hit it, and they're kind of like the other ice storm I was talking about this time. Everybody had crashed. Everybody. I was the only car going, and I was instead of going, you know, straight. My car, I my car was continuing forward, going down the highway. But I was at about a thirty degree angle the whole time until I actually finally hit dry pavement again, and my car was like. But everybody is looking at me going by. I'm going by, and people are looking at me like he's dead. Well, there, there's he's dying. Because I'm doing 70. I'm like, oh, well, this is not going to end well. There's nothing you can do. I don't care who well, you are, scary, what you're driving. You, it, nothing's happening. The scary part about that, too, is if you're going that fast sideways and then you hit the 
the, the non-iced pavement, it can roll the car over. It did. It, it Thankfully, it was a front-wheel drive car, so it caught, and it kind of violently jerked me back the way I wanted to go. I had turned my wheels correctly because I knew that was coming, and uh, it was okay, but boy, it, it rattled me a little bit, to be honest with you, <laughs> physically and emotionally. I was like, whew, okay, I'm getting off the next exit. i got to use the bathroom. So, okay, so, so you live in that area. You have... You have a newer car, right? Uh, I've got an 07 Toyota Sequoia. Okay, so it has anti-skid, yep. traction control stuff. Does it make any difference? Oh, yeah, it does. Yeah. It does, okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. Is it, it tries to stop the skidding, right? Yeah, it will power the wheel that's um, spinning, basically. I know my Prius has a little light that blinks. So it shows a, a car with skid, you know, wheels, and it pushes the accelerator pedal back. Well, what happens is um, the wheels should be turning roughly at the same RPM. And okay. if it detects slippage in one of the wheels, it will give more power to the other one to try to correct wow. the skid. Okay. It's it's very it clever technology. It does. It uses braking. The anti- If you ever had hit your brakes really hard and it almost feels like you're going through gravel, that's the anti-braking system. It's yeah. pumping the brakes extremely fast. I know that because that stuff I've used here, but very rarely do I see the traction control. But the other day I hit some water. Yeah, that'll do it. Because I was accelerating and the little light blinks and the car kind of rattles a little bit, but it went straight through. Yep. But I was wondering what it did on ice and snow. Is it Same is, thing. Does it work? Okay. Yeah, it's pretty cool that the cars can help now. That I like that. And they're only getting better, to be honest. So anyways, what's going on in, the, in your tech world? Um, so I just got a, um, so I'm, I'm working on two reviews right now, actually. From MyMac.com? From MyMac.com. Uh, and they're both upstairs, so I can't even tell you the name of them because they're sitting upstairs. So after the break, I'll get the name. But one's, um, one is a router, uh, wireless, a Wi-Fi router that has, uh, Zigbee protocols built in. No. Oh. So they're, they're trying to, you know, if anybody's ever done home automation, there's like so many protocols but zigbee seems to be catching on it seems to be the one that 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 people are adopting now kind of like the what x10 did a while back zigbee seems to be the underlying protocol for devices now and people have to have you have to have hubs to run them and so they said why don't we just put it in the router so it's available for your whole house so i'm just starting that one and then um i got sent a it looks like a vr headset but it's not it's it wraps around your head like that with headphones. It's like a movie theater for your head. And uh, I have not opened it yet, so because it just arrived a few days ago. Yeah. And uh, it like the idea is you can escape into a you want a big screen in your house, but your wife doesn't want to hear the sci-fi playing all the time. <laughs> Gee, that sounds familiar to me. Um, you put on this thing, and it it it's supposed to make it look like you're sitting in a theater. With and it looks pretty cool. It really does. Uh, not inexpensive. It's priced like a VR headset, and I'm wondering if it can be used as a VR headset. Uh, so when I'll get into that, I'm excited to play with that. But I got to get this router done first. Yeah, so, I, uh, I, I, that's the kind of technology that I think. The, my only issue with stuff like that is that it, technology that completely cuts you off from the rest of the world, I think, right. is inherently not necessarily a great thing. Unless you're I, sitting down. <laughs> well, there is that. But, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm going to watch this show. Julie doesn't want to watch it, so I'm going to put this on, and only I can hear it, only I can see it. 
I don't know what's going on in the rest of the house at that point. You know, if she start if she's eating, uh, I don't know, bugles, and starts choking, <laughs> I'm not going to know anything to. Yeah. You know, it's those kind of things. I guess if you live by yourself, it's meh, who cares. But I was thinking for airplane use. It'd be fine in airplane use, yeah. Somebody said, well, yeah, but what if the airplane starts going down? Well, then I think you definitely want to be hammering that because well, come there's nothing you... That off your, they'll come knock that off your head, right? You know, yeah. It's it's got noise-canceling headphones, and it's and it's wrapped around. And I thought, gee, on a plane when there's crying babies and... <laughs> and I never noisy. got the crying babies very often. I mean, it was really, really rare that I got a crying baby. And all the ones I that think- I actually remember seeing babies, it was never an issue. The, actually, kids have been pretty good on the last few flights I've been on. Although it's the ones behind you that get bored and start kicking the back of the seat. Well, that's that's a different that's that's when you just look at the parent and go, "Come on, really? You want to do what something about this? Because you're stupid." Do you know the comedian Will Durst? Yes. Yeah, his comment was he glared at this kid, and the mother went, "Don't you like children?" He goes, "Yeah, with lemon caper and butter." <laughs> <laughs> Uh-huh. He said. He said the mother said something to the child, and the child was good the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> so and I did. Not been able to use that yet. <laughs> so on uh, Twitter a couple weeks ago, I posted that I'm going to be doing a review of. Uh, I, I finally I got the PC. I got the a PC. I want to hear about that. I haven't done a whole lot to it, to be honest. Um, I had originally set it up to use my KBM switch so I can use my 27-inch Asus monitor with it. Okay. And it works fine. Um, but I don't know what I want to do with it yet. I want a use for this computer. And, and, not, and not a video game arcade box. Right? Well, I you know, not, well, at least not an arcade. I don't mind the video game aspect of it, but... Um, I don't know. I just want to do something. It's got a powerful i5 in it, so I mean, it would you could do nice. pretty much most of modern graphics. Uh, unfortunately, it's a, it's one of those built-in graphic cards rather than a PCI graphic card. Which does it have a slot? Uh, it does have a, uh, those slots. So I don't know if I could bypass the internal or not. I assume in the BIOS you can you can put a card in just um, the. The, the PC I used to be on, the Acer that I used to have in this office, well, I still have it. It's on, it's on the ground. It runs as a backup server occasionally. Uh, it has built-in graphics, but when you put a card in the slot in the BIOS, you can pick which is the default card. My issue with this monitor, or with this computer, is it has VGA out, which really still VGA, and HDMI, which seems very limiting I don't understand why HDMI has become kind of, well, that's what all PCs have now. Because that's a pretty poor graphic output for yeah, a computer. Yeah, because really meant for HD video, right. not, not above that. Although I run mine with HDMI and it's above that. What is what is the resolution on my display? I don't know the resolution of my display right now. That's, is that terrible? Uh, 1440 by 900. No, this one. Uh, 1920 by 1200. No, that's HD, isn't it? Uh yeah, that's HD. It's a little higher than HD. A little bit. Uh, I've got it. I'm in, on a MacBook Pro 15. Right. A 2012 MacBook Pro 15 running Windows on it. Mossberg said the best PC he ever bought was a MacBook Pro. Really? <laughs> yeah. And so I had this leftover 15 that I wasn't using anymore, so I boot I boot camped it to Windows now. 
turned my Acer off and now I use this laptop, it's as fast. I mean, it's, uh, I'm amazed at how well the, the old, we can get into that another time, but how the, uh, older ones still had, still have incredible, uh, what does this thing say? This is a, a Intel Core i7, uh, two gigahertz, mm-hmm. which is not, not bad. No. Right? It runs pretty well. It, you know, it doesn't have a great graphics system in it. No. Like you were saying, it's this built-in graphics. But, you know, I have two screens. I have a 15-inch in my – and that NEC monitor, I bought it from NEC. Uh, I kept it. I really like this monitor. Uh, and so it it works fine in my office for what I do. Well, with with this PC, I decided I'm going to go a different route. Um I got a uh, a TV, an LG TV, sitting here next to my uh, desk now. Okay. It's a uh, thirty, I think it's a thirty-two inch TV, and it's a smart TV. Okay. It, it's a really good picture, so I just hooked the PC up to that, and it looks fantastic. But I haven't really done anything with it yet. I, I downloaded Steam and, and put a couple games on there, and I launched a few, and they look fantastic. Anything bigger than thirty-two inch when you sit that close makes me nauseous. I tried. Yeah, I tried thirty-two is about the 40, biggest. Yeah, I tried taking about forty-six inch. No, you can't monitor. And, and first of all, you're moving your head too much. Yep. And I saw. Oh, I wish I had the link to it. I saw. I got. You know how you get advertised in Facebook? I got an advertisement for forty-seven inch wide wraparound game. Yeah. Yep, I've seen. And those. I was like, why? <laughs> it's too big. And what games support it? Well, if they don't support it, the monitor will still kind of stretch it, and then it looks weird. Oh, is that what happens? Yeah. And what graphics card do you need for you, that? you got to have a beefy one, that's for sure. So yeah, I, that, that's it's really the only tech thing I've been playing with. That or these tiny little arcade machines. Did you see that on my Facebook post? I did not. I'm sorry. I missed that one. Uh, you should go to my Facebook page and look at it. Okay, let me do that. I was going to post this here. This is the... This is this. Look at this monitor. It's, you can post that on the show notes. I, I'm trying to figure yeah. out how I would. U- I try to figure out how I'd use this thing from Samsung on, on my desktop. Uh, I need to go Facebook, right? That that just made me laugh when I saw that. <clears throat> yeah, if you go wanted to... a curved screen, but that one just goes a little too far. Yeah, it's too big. <laughs> it's way too big. Uh, you got to yeah. scroll down a little bit, and you'll see a little video. It's it's past my uh, dumbass of the day post. Uh, it's, which one am I looking at? Because you have a lot of uh, yeah, Facebook. October ninth. No, no. Which which uh, Facebook? Go ahead. Uh, you the have one that shows here. a picture. Well, yeah, one's a work one. The one with me and the kids. Okay, that also has your work name on it. So I want to make sure it's the right one. Uh, Did you see the dumbass of the day one? <laughs> so, so that one. I went and got my hair cut right on uh, my lunch break. Okay. And I needed to get something to eat, so I just stopped at Burger King. I'm just going to get uh, a quick burger and onion rings. That's all I was going to get. You know, it's like two bucks, whatever. Right. So I'm behind this guy. There's there's two cars in front of me. One's at the window. The one that you see, the Dodge pickup, is right in front of me. And, of course, I'm in my Sequoia. Right. And the car at the window pulls away. And you can actually, if you look to the right, you see the truck getting ready to turn, Right. It's a really busy street. And the truck in front of me looks up, realizes that car's left, and he's holding up traffic. So he 
kind of guns it and goes. And you see the pole on the left hand side. He hits that <laughs> yeah, with his, that big pole. Yeah. So you don't hit the window, right? Yeah. yeah. So he hits it with his side view mirror. And that's okay because those mirrors are designed to fold in. Right. But he hits it going pretty fast, so he whacks his mirror. And the mirror goes in and then probably bounces out a little bit again because of the force. And I can hear him curse really loudly. He then puts it in reverse and backs up quickly and rips his mirror completely off the truck. He then pulls back forward. Yells at the lady in the window, pays, gets his food, backs up again, grabs his mirror, throws it in the truck, and speeds away. <laughs> so I pull up, and I had already posted this post. Because you could see, I, I got a picture of the truck. I wish yeah. I had video of him doing this. I took a picture of the truck, and I, I purposely left the camera at an angle where I didn't get his license plate. And I, I literally posted this, 1.06 p.m., on October 10th, and I wrote, dumbass of the day, took his own mirror off because, well, stupid comes to mind. Yes, yeah, There's a pole there, either. genius. <laughs> so then I pull up, and this lady is cracking up. <laughs> and the first thing she does, and remember, I had just posted this on Facebook. She goes, did you see that dumbass? She called him a dumbass. <laughs> when the lady working the drive-thru at Burger King calls you a dumbass, you might yeah. be a dumbass. You might be a dumb. Yeah, you might. You might be a dumb. Okay, so I'm looking at this video of these baby arcade arcade games. Yeah, aren't they cute? How, uh, it's hard to tell in your video how tall they are, though. Well, there's a quarter sitting between the two middle ones. Oh, seriously? I'm like, okay, I gotta zoom this up then. They're a little tiny thing. Oh, I see. They're about the size of my finger. Sorry, I think my one. sound is on. Let me turn that off. Uh, yeah, that's, that's what, is this something that you have? Yeah, I got off that. Those are mine. Where did you get these? Uh, I saw a post on one of these video game arcade things uh, on Facebook. Those groups, and yes. he said he had got them at Cracker Barrel, a restaurant. Really? And Cracker Barrel has kind of like a, this little tchotchke gift shop in the front. Uh, it, it, depending on the season, I mean, sometimes it'll be Halloween stuff, sometimes Christmassy, Easter. That kind of thing. Wait, they're keychains. They're keychains. <laughs> Look, I'll turn on Miss. I want. Pa- I want one. <laughs> I just turned on the Miss Pac-Man, and these actually work. They were playing, yeah. And uh, you, the people listening to this show will hear this because it kind of goes through its a uh, little screen gameplay, and then it kind of turns itself off, so you're not killing the battery. But you'll hear this thing fire up here in a second. Um, it it actually. It it take works. A pen lights or something? What's that? Takes a couple pen lights. Uh, no, two double <laughs> So you can hear it's it's the actual game. I'm gonna turn it off though. Those are very cool. You can act, you I can actually that. play it. The joystick is just so tiny. The buttons are so tiny. <laughs> uh, you know, you need a magnifying glass. But it's uh, it's Miss Pac-Man, Pac-Man, Space Invaders, and Galaxian. It's the full games too. These are not like you know a little video running on a, a, a screen, emulating anything. It's the actual game. You can play it. You can actually. No, they're it. very cool. But I want I want one now. <laughs> oh, they're and they were twenty bucks. Twenty bucks, seriously? Yeah. Yep. If you find if you find them again, let me know. I mean each. 
Yeah, I totally see. Yeah. Oh, I see. Oh, I see. There's a tiny arcade Pac-Man mini tabletop, fully playable, forty bucks on eBay. Yeah, they're they double the price. Jerks. Yeah. There's a Cubert. Well, those Boys are different then. Yeah, those those the are same. bigger. Yeah, I see that. I think they're so cute though. And you know, with yeah. me in arcades, as soon as I saw that, I I had to have it. I mean, yep. I was just like, ugh. And now they're open for breakfast, so I actually went very early in the morning on the way to work one day. And bought them. And bought them. So that, they that was a good day because I won a TV that day too. That in fact, the you won the, a TV. Yeah, I did. Um, the thirty-two okay. inch TV. Yep. So. So if you go by there again, pick me up a Cubert. Will you? Okay. Well, they don't have Cubert. Oh, they don't have Cubert. No, it's just those four. Okay, so which four? I went off your page. Which? What are the four? Miss Pac-Man, Pac-Man, Space Invaders, and Galaxian. A Galaxian. Pick me up a Galaxian. Uh, I'll do that. Yeah, I'd love cool. to have one. I'll happily pay you for that. I'll, I'll happily pay you Tuesday. <laughs> for a hamburger today. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, It was cool. I. It's one of those little things that I didn't know I needed it until I saw it, and then I was like, I totally have to have oh, you that. You have now. to have that, right? Yeah. I, you can leave them on your desk at work. <laughs> I thought about it, but I like them too much. You know, and I think I'll, they would grow I'm going to go talk to the sales manager here. Play a game yeah. while I'm Play, play this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so then, we, they don't, then they don't sit there and go, I wonder what they're talking about back there. Yeah, well, <laughs> what are they doing? Am I they don't the talk deal? about the car back there, guys. It's it's a it's a ruse. Uh, no, we do. T- well, we don't talk about We talk about the deal. We don't have to talk about the car. We know the cars. When I sold cars, Ford's the the prices were all on a big board in the sales manager's office, and all you had to do was go there and look. I mean, you didn't have to ask them because you knew what the bottom line was and where the margins were and stuff. And uh, he would always his answer was always like, "Well, are you cutting your commission?" <laughs> well, nowadays it's a lot different because the internet's kind of democratized buying and selling cars. Yeah, I know. It must be a lot harder. Because people come in armed, right? Well, no, I think it's actually probably easier because people come in better informed. You don't have to okay. sell them on half the features because they already did their research. That's you know, true. You know, nobody goes to a car dealership because it sounds like a fun Sunday or Saturday afternoon. You know, <laughs> they're there to buy a car or at the very yeah, least drive true. one to see if if they see really they this is what they want. Right. Um, but most people are kind of already informed. They've already narrowed their choices down. Uh, I never disparage the competition ever. Uh, I some customers have actually remarked on that. Um, oh, you, you can't do that. It's no, it's stupid. First of all, you want the guys. You hope the guy will come back to the dealerships. And, you know. Yep. I sold. I sold Pintos. What can I tell you? With Firestone tires. I, yeah, that was the big <laughs> benefit of that car. Is the tires? Yeah, they blew up. Right? Yes. <laughs> Don't you know that story? The Pintos had that gas tank that if you hit them from behind, they could explode. And then the Firestone tires were blowing up. Uh, and so I try to tell someone, yeah, this, this is the best car you can buy for that much money. It's, well, uh, which probably was the case because there wasn't very many cars that, for that much money at the time. The well, Pinto was pretty cheap. Okay, so I'm going to tell my weirdest car sales story, then you have to tell yours. So uh, I don't have one yet. Fords. Selling Fords in this dealership. Now, we, we were on a corner. I don't know where your dealership is, but we were on a corner of two roads. Um, a main road that ran to the left of the dealership, and then this t- road that T-boned into it, you know, made a T. And we were on that corner. And we had a traffic light um, where we could 
load and unload cars so that we could get car- the big trucks in. We had control of a traffic light they put in just for us so we could turn it red so the truck could pull out and pull back in. Um, so this guy walks in, and I don't know, again, I don't know how your your walk-ins work. We have a we had a rotation board. So if someone just walked in, it was, there was a, they, you went in order. So you, you didn't have four salesmen trying to jump on top of some one person. We don't have office. anything like that, but we also don't, nobody's jumping on anybody. Okay. Well, so this guy walks in on my rotation time and walk up and he walks up to the, we had just put a brand new Thunderbird on the, on the floor. It was, I had everything you could put on it. It was the most expensive car. Um, it had this gorgeous paint job that they had added to it, you know, high end paint job. And this guy walks in goes, I want that car right there. So I said, well, you know, we have about six, you know, let me show you what he said. Nope. I want this car right here, this one on the floor. And he pops open this briefcase and it's full of cash. Wow. Right. And he looks at the window and he says, I'll pay that price. Okay. So we, I take him back and the sales manager has to come in because I've never dealt with that much cash. You know, there was IRS forms you had to fill out and uh, get the deal done, shakes my hand, gets into the car, and he wants to dr- drive it off. the. Sh- it's on the showroom floor, so we pulled it out out the glass doors and left on the, this driveway where the, it goes to the signal. So I press the button, and the signal turns green for him, and he drives out into the street, and someone runs the red light and just whacks the passenger side of this at about 30 miles an hour. Just crushes this car. Wow. I mean, we're, we stood there watching because like, that light is very rarely ever read that direction, so I'm guessing he wasn't paying attention to it. Um, just And the guy kind of staggers out, and he points at the guy in the car and goes, wait there. And he walks back up to me and says, do you have another one? <laughs> yeah. He says, get it ready for me. I'll deal with that guy. Puts the, his briefcase with all this cash in my office, just sets it down so I can leave that there, right? Goes out and deals with the car, the guy with the car. We towed it off the road for him. We bring up another one, and he pays cash for that one. <laughs> and he hands me a business card, and he says, he looks, he says, do you think it's repairable? I said, I don't know. We'll take it back to the shop. He goes, well, if it's repairable, fix it, and tell, just call this number. Tell me what it costs, and we'll come pick it up. And hands me a card with just a woman's name and a phone number on it. Wow. That's crazy. And they, they dragged it back in. And, they, and believe it or not, the guy who hit it was in a high car. He didn't damage the frame. Damaged both car doors on the thing. And it took, it took, it wasn't cheap. And he came, he's, this woman shows up like, you know, four weeks later to pick up this car, drives off on it. Huh. And, this, and the owner of the place, which I knew, that's why I was working there, because he was a good friend of my dad's, walks up to me and goes, that's not typically the way we sell cars. No. <laughs> not usually. But I made number one that month, because what? those were two cash sales at full price. He yeah. didn't even, he didn't, and that's when you used to, you know, used to be able to, you know, argue for price, and it was fully loaded, so I had every accessory you could put on that car, plus all the stuff that we would add as the dealer that, you know, often gets thrown in, but... That's my weirdest car sales story. Um, I'll share one because I still okay. work there, and you know, um, had yeah, a call. No yeah, I had a call last. I'm going to say December, maybe January. A uh, guy called, says, "Hey, I'm looking for," and he gives me exactly what he's looking for in a Tundra. Okay, and I pull up on the computer, and I'm like, "Yeah, I've got one." He goes, "It's you have one. It's yeah, I could actually buy it." And I said, 
yeah, it's <laughs> I, I can see it. It's right out there. And he says, okay, I'm coming down. I want it. I'm like, okay. So the guy shows up, and his big thing is he wanted one with a whole bunch of options, but he absolutely, positively could not have one with a sunroof. And oh. usually when you get all these options on this Tundra, you the sunroof is there. It's, that's right. Well, I had one with all the options with no sunroof. You did? Wow. And he gets out of his car, and he is mammoth. I mean, he probably <laughs> weighs 320, but he's not fat. He's not a fat dude. He's, he's a big just a big, big guy. And he cannot fit in hardly any car at all. And so he gets out, comes in. I introduced myself because I knew it was him immediately. I'm like, that. He, that's definitely the dude. Uh, and he says, uh, so who do I talk to? I want to write the check. And I said, well, you know, you haven't even driven. He goes, I don't need to drive it. I said, look, I, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I, I'm not comfortable selling a, a, any vehicle to someone who hasn't even driven it. What if you I pull agree. out of here and you hate Please it? Please drive it, right? Yeah. So he goes, you know, reluctantly, okay. And he can barely walk. I mean, he's so big. I mean, he he has a hard time walking. So we get out to the truck, and I had pulled it forward at this point. Uh, we get in it. We drive it. Turns out he's an architect, and he's very, very successful. And uh fascinating guy, but he's just so big. Everything in his personal house, he says, you'd feel like a... Uh, you feel short in my house, and you're not exactly a short guy. I'm six foot, okay. Yeah, and but he said in in his house, I couldn't reach the bottom of the sink standing there because he puts it <laughs> at his height. So everything is 1.5 times the size that I'm wow. used to. Wow. And uh, but he he wrote a check, drove the truck home, left his car. He didn't want to turn. He didn't want to trade his car in. He'll come back and get it. He came. He well, he did. He came back about a week later. I just he's like, can I leave it here? And I'm like, yeah, I'll put it out back and it'll be locked up. And uh, so, but he just came in, wrote the check, went for a, a five minute test drive, if that, and came back, wrote the check, and left. <laughs> that was pretty cool. Bought, the guy who bought my used Lexus did the same thing. He called. He, I put it on um, Craigslist, and it was on Craigslist like three minutes, and my phone rings. Yep. That freaks me out. We sold my wife's car the same way. And this guy goes, um, you have that 2002 uh, Lexus SC? Yeah. He says, I want it. Don't sell it. I'm coming to get it. So I give him the address, and he, he guy shows up, uh, and he, he looks at the car, and he says, okay, here's 1000 bucks down. Uh, go get it smog, and I'll bring the rest of the cash when, when you tell me it's ready. He says, well, how about driving it? He goes, nope. He said, no, I'd feel better if you drove it. <laughs> <laughs> because like I really don't want you to come back. Oh, you know, it has this weird shimmy or something, you know. So he drove he drove it, you know, like three minutes and brought it back. It was fine. I want this. So um, I took it down, got it smog. I called him the next day. He came back with the rest of the cash in his hand, and I said, "All right, I got to ask you why." I mean, you you were ready to buy it without even looking at it. And he goes, "Because well, you know, there's about twenty five of them in the in the paper right now. It was a you know older uh, Lexus SC three hundred, right?" And he said. Um, but yours is the only one up in the hills. The rest of them are on the flatlands. And he says, people in the flats don't take care of their cars, but people in the hills all do. And, he, and I said, well, why this car? And he goes, well, I had one exactly like it. I lent it to my girlfriend, and she totaled it. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, your car is exactly like the car I had, so I want the car back. And he says, and your price was good. You know, It's like the thing had 240,000 miles on it. Wow. Still, still ran... Perfect. You know, you take it in for service, and there's like nothing wrong with it. That's a Toyota. Yeah, it's a Toyota. I mean, so 
the car, you know, what's, when was that? That was in 2000. I'm trying to think how old that car was. It, uh, that car was 12 years old, 13 years old, and I still got like six grand for it. So we do want to thank our sponsor. It's uh, MaxSales.com, OWC. Now, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about the new product. I didn't want to talk about it again because this is a cool new product they got. It's the USB-C travel dock. So if you've got a MacBook Pro or a PC that has the new USB-C dock, and you're like, you know what? I, I really still need regular USB 3.1 ports. Uh, I kind of need an SD card reader. I'd love to have HDMI. Uh, well, here you go. Uh, this USB travel dock is small, fits in the palm of your hand. Yeah, it's uh, it's nice. powered by the USB port coming off your Mac or PC. Uh, it has two USB, regular USB ports. It gives you back your USB C. So, you, you know, you still have that. Uh, the SD card reader is built in. It's got an HDMI 2.0 port, supports up to 4K resolution. Uh, it's available in four different colors, and it's got a two-year ODBC limited warranty, 50 bucks on. That's pretty good. Yeah, I know. I saw the price. I was actually pleased with that because the little adapters you buy for the new computers cost like 30 bucks by themselves right. for one. For one. So for less than two, you get all the ports that Apple should have put on the computer in the first place. And it matches, your, if you've got a... a one of those colored ones, uh, yeah. MacBooks. It comes in space gray, gold, silver, and rose gold. Yeah, I know. I think that this thing is sweet. I like that. I I also looked at their um, their Thunderbolt three dock, yep. which is a lot more money, but that's a gorgeous product as well. It I, is. I, you know, I looked at that one. If I'm buying a new MacBook Pro, I'm buying that with it. They uh, it looks better in person, believe it or not. We were up there, uh, all the MyMackers that were at Mac stock, and there was five six or seven of us. Yeah, I heard you guys had a good turnout. Yep. We went up to uh, OWC and we got a little private tour. Of course, I you know I worked there at one point just not too long ago, so a tour <laughs> isn't a big deal to me. Uh, for me, it was people walking by going, hey! <laughs> hey, Tim! <laughs> what are you um, doing here? What are you doing here? Uh, but, you know, David, for instance, um, was very impressed. It's, it's a cool place to visit if you've never I've been never there. I've never been there, but I'd love to see it. It's yeah. neat. It really is. we got to come out to Max Talk next year. I, I will try to do that. I don't I, know I if they've go. got the, the dates set yet. Let me look. Uh, Max Talk. Is it kind of like what Mac, uh, Macworld used to be? No. No? No. It's more sophisticated Apple user group meeting, I would say. Okay. It's two okay. days. There's... Um, it's July 2018 is all he's got listed okay. so far. So I, I, I really do wish he would have put the dates up. Maybe he's waiting for something. I don't know. But, okay. uh, yeah, no, it was it was a good time. I'm going to go again next year. I'll go for the two days. It's a, a Saturday and a Sunday. Uh, it's You know, I spent 100 bucks on a hotel room. It's right right down the street. It's, okay. it's fantastic. So yeah, anybody listening, definitely- plan it this year. Hey, it's October. As soon as, you know, as soon as you know the date, remind me because I will. I'll, I'll, I'll space on it. I, I blame the pain drugs for that. Um. You know, David <laughs> tries to show up. Uh, I, know, we get, I haven't seen David for a while. I Nemo showed up for the first one uh, two years ago. Well, that was the second one. He showed up for the second one. It's hard to believe that Max Stock has happened in three it? years. Uh, he's on a cruise ship right now, I believe. Poor guy. I know. <laughs> guy gets more vacations than I've had, and he's had more vacations in the last week or last uh, year 
than I've had in the last <laughs> 10 years. The only vacation I had was I took a, a, a Saturday off. Friday's my day off at work, right? Right. So I took a Saturday off, and for three days we went up north. We went to Traverse City and Petoskey. That was, that's been my only vacation. You know damn well that when he's listening to this, he is laughing at the story. Yeah, he is. <laughs> well, he was actually surprised when I told him I was going to be gone for those three days. He was like, this is the first vacation I can ever remember you taking. Wow. That's right. I don't get vacations. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, the, we definitely want to thank OWC, their big sponsor, last year in the last three years of MaxDoc. MaxDoc was uh, really fun. Of course, we'll do something again this year. Um, Guy Searle and I are talking about bringing the Mac, my Mac quiz back. That was a lot of fun. Oh, that was a lot of fun at Macworld. I used to love doing that. Yeah, you were involved. Count me, in, count me in if I'm going to be there. I want to. I want to play. Well, absolutely. Um, I'll fail the quiz, but I want to. <laughs> we didn't have anybody fail. We kind of cheated for a lot of people, but some yes. people thought that the quiz was harder than they were expecting, and other people said it was way too easy. So, I think some <laughs> of those way too easy people. I think if you'd have put them on the spot and didn't help them come up with the answer, they would have found it more challenging. Um, huh. Every week, David and I, and of course, Owen, when he's with us, has our wiki trolling feature <laughs> where we go to Wikipedia, <laughs> pull up a uh, random article, and I've already done it for this week. And so oh, well, this week, what's that? <laughs> I didn't even get a chance to play. That's Okay. <laughs> Uh, I love that one I just sent you. <laughs> this one is kind of funny because, well, let me see what you got. Oh, this one looks pretty good. <laughs> this one just made me laugh like crazy. List wow. of inventors who killed were killed by their own inventions. That just, something about that just made me a don't do this at home kind of thing. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is kind of funny. So I, it's, I'm sorry, I shouldn't laugh at that because this is about people dying, but... It's just like, hey, I've got this cool invention. Boom! <laughs> so, list of inventors killed by their own inventions. This is a list of inventors whose death were in some manner caused or by or related to a product, process, procedure, or other innovation that they invented or designed. Now, there's way too many to go through, but let's there's hit a couple of them. But this just, I couldn't stop laughing at this page. I'm sorry. It's not funny. It isn't funny, but, it, you know, there's something about that. Morbid curiosity that I, Sylvester, you know, I'm the poor guy who invented wings and tried to jump off his uh, like the the picture of the guy who did the parachute uh, died yeah. after he jumped off the Eiffel Tower wearing his invention, which failed to actually operate as expected. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Don't you test on the ground first? Oh, How do you guy. test a par Well, yeah. <laughs> I guess he did test on the ground and it failed. Uh, yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead and do yours. I just had to share that with you. No, I I, let's stick with this one. I like this one better. Uh, <laughs> I like the first one, though. Sylvester H. Roper, inventor of the, uh, what is that word? Ephemius? Eponymous. I don't know that word. I don't know. Steam-powered okay. bicycle. Died of a heart attack or subsequent... <laughs> died of a heart attack or subsequent or crash, crash during a public speed trial in 1896. <laughs> It is unknown whether the crash caused a heart attack or vice versa. <laughs> I'm sorry. You see, you're doing the same thing. You read these and you just, like the guy, he, the General Electric employee invented a new way to motorize bicycles and then fell off his prototype bike during a test run. <laughs> uh, Francis oh, Stanley God. was, in 1918, was killed while driving a Stanley Steamer automobile. 
He drove his car into a wood pile while attempting to avoid far, a farm wagon traveling side by side on the road. So there's two farm uh, wagons. He's like, ah! And he drives into a wood pile and dies. Just, oh, yeah. that, that's, you see why I find this? I found this one so uh, sadly funny, you know. Wow. I mean, I'm picturing people like the Max Veller invented a liquid-fueled rocket engine as a member of the 1920s German Rocketeering Society. And on on May 17th, an alcohol-fueled engine exploded on his tent, test bench. Oh, yeah. That's, that's gruesome. Franz yeah. Reichert. A tailor fell to his death off the first deck of the Eiffel Tower while testing his invention, the coat parachute. It was his first attempt with a parachute, and he had told authorities he would first test it with a dummy, which I think he kind of did. He did. <laughs> <laughs> he did. Uh, after, that, Henry, he try, after that, he would try a mannequin, yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Henry Smolotsky. Uh, yeah. died in 1973, was killed during a test flight for the AVE Mizar, a flying car based on the <laughs> Ford Pinto and the sole product of the company he founded. Well, yeah. he started with the Pintos. Well, <laughs> yeah. First off. It's like, you know, he should have no. used a Vega, right? Chevy Vega. <laughs> uh, Wasn't that the car at the same time? It was, Yeah. How about oh. the flying taxi device designed to permit fast, affordable travel between regional cities? The guy who invented it died testing it. I, you know, that's a job I would never have as test pilot, but if you're going to invent a flying car, I'm not yeah. sure I want to be the one who gets in it and I, tests it. No. You know, people keep saying, where's our flying cars, right? Let's talk tech. Where's, so for a car to fly, it has to be bad at both things. So an airplane needs to be light. So you need a lightweight vehicle to fly because you want to carry as little weight as possible when you're flying. But a car should be somewhat heavy so it stays on the road and doesn't get blown around by wind. So a flying car wouldn't be good at either thing. No. Right? It would be bad bad as a car and bad as an airplane. Well, but forget the, the product itself. Think who's driving these things. I mean, well, yeah. I, I was at the at Burger King and a guy ripped his own mirror off because he's stupid. <laughs> We're going to put him 50 feet in the air now? Ugh, I don't think <laughs> yeah, so. Honestly, I don't want all these drivers that, that, you know, pass on the curb and and can't stop at stop signs trying to fly at the same time. Please, no. Just just say no. As much as I love uh, what's the... the uh, uh, the fifth element, the image of all the cars flying at different levels. Right. Bad idea. Yes. <laughs> uh, Karen Schulk was a Canadian professional stuntman who developed a shock-absorbent barrel. He died following a demonstration involving the barrel being dropped from the roof of the Houston Astrodome. He was fatally wounded when his barrel hit the rim of the water tank meant to cushion his fall. I mm. guess the barrel didn't absorb the shock. No, nope. <laughs> I don't think that one worked uh, very well. You know, the Darwin Awards is kind of what this well, is. This kind of felt like the Darwin Awards to me. It really did. It just the picture. The picture on the top, though, of the guy wearing his parachute coat. It it looks like something out of a comedy nineteen ten movie. You know, you can hear the music playing in the background of it. Uh, I'm sorry, I had to share this because I had this. I think the last time I was on, I wanted to share a, a, a page, and 
this was one of them. And just sometimes, then I found this by accident. I don't remember what I was looking for. Something to do with inventions, and I saw this Wikipedia page go by. And, don't do this at home. There's. I thought it might have been a joke when I first got to it, but the references are all there. I, some of these are just this one. Uh, Wun Wan Hu, sixteenth <laughs> century Chinese official, is said to have attempted to launch himself into outer space in a chair, <laughs> in which guess how. How many rockets? 47 <laughs> rockets were attached. Now, okay. When you read that, you think, okay, he probably wants to far up in the air. He's not going to break. Even if he did, he's he, how, how is he going to get back down? He's coming back down, yeah. Right, yeah. Well, the rockets exploded, and it said that neither he nor their chairs were ever seen again. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're in orbit. <laughs> no, it, they exploded. I know, so it threw him into orbit, right? Yes. <laughs> was, like, it, I'm sure there's people going, he's gone, he must have made it. He made it, yeah. He made it, yeah. Look, he's, the chair and he are gone. They're both gone. Well, wasn't there a story of a guy who launched himself on a lawn chair with balloons? Yes, I remember that. I, and I, I don't. I think they got him down safely. The Darwin Awards is a link, by the way, in yeah. this. Lawn page, chair, balloon. I, I remember there's like... They were to get him down. The cops were going to start shooting balloons out. Larry Walters, is that who it was? Yeah. Didn't they say they were going to shoot him down to get him down? Lawrence Larry uh, Richard Walters, he died in '93, nicknamed Long Long Chair Larry, or the yeah. Long Chair Pilot, was an American truck driver who took flight on July second, nineteen eighty two, in a homemade airship. Dubbed Inspiration One, the flying machine consisted of an ordinary patio chair with 45 helium-filled weather balloons yeah. attached to it. Uh, Walters rose to an altitude of over 15,000 feet. Yeah, he was high. Or 4,600 uh, meters and floated from his point of origin, San Pedro, California, in controlled airspace near LAX. His flight was widely reported. Uh, yeah. There's a YouTube video of it. There's YouTube videos of it. That That's one of those Darwin Awards. I mean, I'm amazed he survived it. Of course, he died. I want to know what... He, there's a picture of the lawn chair with the balloons around it. Yeah, and his legs just, sticking out. Yeah. It, a lawn chair. I mean, it's like, come on. If you're going to do something like that, I guess you want something... Especially if you're going to be at 15,000 feet, he should have had oxygen with him as well. But I'm guessing he didn't have a whole lot of control. <laughs> Walters had often dreamed of flying, but was unable to become a pilot in the United States Air Force because of his poor eyesight. His first thought, first thought of using weather balloons to fly at age 13 and 14, after seeing them hanging from the ceiling of a military surplus store. 20 years later, he decided to try it. His invention or his intention was to float over the Mojave Desert and then use a pellet gun to burst balloons to gracefully right, float to the ground. That's right. He was going to shoot out the balloons to come back down. That's what it was. I wasn't sure if the cops were shooting him out or he was going to shoot him out. In mid-1982, Walters and his girlfriend, Carol Van Dusen, purchased 45 8-foot weather balloons and obtained helium tanks from the California Toy Time balloons. They used a forged requisition from his employer, Filmfare Studio, saying the balloons for, were for a television commercial. Walters atta attached the balloons to his long chair, filled them <laughs> with helium, put on a parachute, 
and strapped himself into the chair in the backyard home at 1633 West 7th Street in San Pedro. He took his pellet gun, a CB radio, (laughs) sandwiches, beer, and a camera. When his friends... I like sandwiches. (laughs) Don't forget the beer. Don't forget the sandwich. Wait a minute. He's got, he might be up there a while. An open container flying <laughs> yeah. with an open beer. Uh, uh, when his friends cut the cord that tied his lawn chairs to his Jeep, Walter's lawn chair rose rapidly to a height of about 16,000 feet and was spotted from two commercial airlines. At first, his balloons were colorful, right? You, you probably could see them. Yeah, you can. They're all, it was very, very colorful. At first, he did not dare shoot any balloons, fearing he might unbalance the load and cause himself to fall out. He slowly drifted over Long Beach and crossed a primary approach corridor to Long Beach Airport. Okay, my favorite part here now. So what was the year? Um, uh, so, uh, 82. 82. So CB radio was like really popular in 82. He was in contact with React, a citizens band radio monitoring organization who recorded their conversation. Uh, React. Uh, what info and what information do you wish to tell me at the uh, the airport at this time as to your your location and your difficulty? And Larry replies, uh, "The difficulty is uh, this was an unauthorized balloon launch, and uh, I, I know I'm in federal airspace, and uh, I'm sure my ground crew has alerted the proper authorities, but uh, just call them and tell them I'm okay." <laughs> it was over federal airspace. <laughs> After 45 minutes in the sky, he shot several balloons and then accidentally dropped his pellet gun overboard. <laughs> oh, God. He descended slowly until the balloons dangling cables got caught in a power line, causing a 20-minute oh, electricity blackout in a Long Beach neighborhood. Walters was able to climb to the ground. He was immediately arrested by waiting members of the Long Beach Police Department. Regional Safety Inspector Neil Savoy was reported to have said, we know he broke some part of the Federal Aviation Act, and as soon as we decided which part it is, some type of charge will be filed. If he had a pilot's license, we'd suspend that, but he doesn't. Walters was initially fined $4,000 for violations under the U.S. Federal Aviation Regulations, including operating an aircraft with a aircraft within an airport traffic area without establishing and maintaining two-way communications with the control tower. Walters appealed and and the fine was reduced to 1500 bucks. A charge of operating a civil aircraft for which there is not currently in effect air airworthiness <laughs> certificate was dropped as it was not applicable to his class of aircraft. <laughs> oh my god. I mean, you know, I so if you look at it, it's one of those like cheap ass chairs you carry with you to the yeah to, to the park. It's just a lawn chair, yeah, lawn chair. And um, I get the feeling he wasn't strapped to it. After his flight, Walters was briefly in demand as a motivational speaker, and quit his job as a truck driver. He was featured in a Timex print ad in the early 1990s, but never made much money from his fame. The lawn chair used in the flight was reportedly given to an admiring boy named Jerry. Though Walters regretted doing so when the Smithsonian Institution asked him to (laughs) donate it to its museum. 20 years later, Jerry sent an email to Mark Berry, a pilot who had documented Walters' story and a dedicated website to it, and identified himself. The chair was still sitting in his garage. 
attached to some of the original tethers and water jugs used as ballast. The chair was on loan to the San Diego Air and Space Museum on exhibit through 2014. And this is and this is a Wikipedia page he's reading from, by the way. Yep. Uh, Later in his life, Walters uh, hiked the San Gabriel Mountains and did volunteer work for the United States Forest Service. He later broke up with his girlfriend of 15 years and could only find work sporadically as a security guard. On October 6, 1993, at the age of 44, Walters committed suicide by shooting himself in the heart in Angels National Forest. He left no suicide note. His remains are interred at the Forest Lawn, Forest Lawn Memorial Park Cemetery in the Hollywood Hills. Walters had no children and survived by his mother and two sisters. In a lawn chair. <laughs> in a lawn chair, still with water with ballast. Dead balloons, yeah. <sighs> I'm sorry, this is one of my favorite stories of all times, and I probably should have put that as my as my page, but that the other page made me think of this. Because uh, it was in California, not near me, but it was in California. I remember it on the news. Oh, I do too. I remember that. I was I was twelve years old at the time, but I remember that story. And when I saw the movie Up, yep, it made me think of Walter. Right? It's like because Up, you know, they lift a house with I don't know how many balloons. Uh, it, I I often wondered if the guy who wrote Up at at um, uh, Pixar was inspired by Walter in his lawn chair. <laughs> I wonder. Walter, no, his name, the Ed Asner played Carl. Yeah. It, Car, his name, yeah. I was wondering if I forgot with the, the lead character wasn't named Walter. That's yeah, bad. that would have been perfect, wouldn't it? It would have been perfect. That would have been a great little homage to Larry Walters. My, my old boss at Apple, um, jokingly reminds me of of the guy in in up and it's his picture on facebook or i think it's on facebook and on skype i think he has the picture of carl as his as his picture and it always makes me laugh because he's not grumpy like that but there's something about about my old boss that reminds me of carl and that he uses that picture just made just i thought was hysterical i knew a guy that looked like the 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 kid uh russell he looks just like yeah. Russell. That's funny. <clears throat> All right, so let's wrap up this episode of uh, Tech Fan Podcast. Oh, and I thanks for coming on this you. week, man. Oh, it's fun. I uh, thank you. And, and and David's gone next week. Too. He is. You 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 can join me for another episode next week. I will absolutely join you for another episode. We'll we'll talk about anything but tech. <laughs> anything but tech. <laughs> it <laughs> seems like it seems like we digress way off tech. Well, let me let me we we talked we talked briefly about it last week. But let me let me get your opinion. Have you watched the new Star Trek in Orville yet? I have watched both. What do you think? So it's funny. I, my comment on Orville was that people had set their expectations wrong. Oh, it was it, well. Everybody they didn't. Comedy, well, that's because that's how Fox advertises it. Fox note has no idea what they're doing. They I just and don't. What, well, it's, so if you read my Facebook page, I said. All these people were all upset about Orville because it, you know, it was it looked like episodes of Star Trek. Well, they went on and on. I said, look, don't worry about it. It's sci-fi on Fox. They will find a way to cancel the show because yep. of something they screw up. Yep. Okay, I actually like it. I, I, think, I think Orville is the next generation with Snark. It feels like the next generation continues. It's it, yeah. Uh, even the coming out of the breaks, they have the ship. They oh, here's a quick ship going by, yep. and here's some orchestral music. It's the next generation. They're following 
what the next generation did really, really well, which is each episode is its own contained little story. Eventually, you know, they'll have a couple episodes where it's to be continued. Um, But, you know, this is the villain of the week. Here's the moral dilemma. But it's, I think it's well written. I think it's really well done. Um, I like it a lot. And for a budget show, the special effects aren't bad. Well, I mean, those are only getting cheaper because, you know, it's all been done. Yeah, it's easy to do. Um, Star Trek Discovery. I love it. I do, too. I absolutely love it. Everybody's like, well, Orville feels more like, and I said this last week, Orville is Star Trek, and the Star Trek, that's that's Battlestar Galactica or Babylon 5. It's more, it's a little darker. Yep. It's serialized, which is is, uh, kind of a new thing, although there were serials that ran through Star Trek episodes. This one is all Well, DS9 was closer, the closest they, they've ever come to a serialized thing. Well, DS9 is my favorite of all Star Trek. Yeah, me too. Like, but but it, is, it is by far had, especially the last few series, the last three or four seasons where they carried the whole Dominion War and oh, all that. Oh, it was amazing. It was a very, very good, dark it, kind of show. Um I was I, I didn't want to like the new Star Trek Discovery because it, it bugged me that they they were in the old timeline using the new movies look and feel and I thought well they're kind of merging the two and I, I was we're already ready not to like it yeah but it's so and, good and it has been although I have one request I wish they'd done I wish they had swapped the two captains I agree um, and I wrote I wrote you know okay it's just going to upset people here but. Okay, we have a black woman now reporting to a white guy, right? You know, a black a black prisoner reporting to a white captain. It's like, can we be a little more obvious about that? Yeah, and it would have been a whole lot better if the. And I love the woman, the Asian woman captain. She was a fantastic character. Fantastic character, and I wish they had swapped those two. I wish she had been the captain of the Discovery. And I don't even care about these Klingons. Well. So my my theory on the Klingons, which I think everybody I, I've read elsewhere, is that so if you follow the the, the Enterprise and and all the thing the, the discussion of the Tribble episode when they went back, so the Klingons used the Con virus to try to make themselves stronger. I don't know if you remember that story or not. I do. Right. So these are the Klingons pre-virus. Could be. Right? So that's the only way I can explain it because that's what they looked like. Then they took the virus and they looked more human after the virus and then they were able to cure the virus and then they looked back towards Klingon, which is seen next generation. That's the only way I can explain that. I don't like them. I, I, and, and why I'm, I used to say I wanted to see a whole series just about Klingons. Uh, I changed my mind. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they ruined some of the best protagonists in television history the Klingons were amazing and right. these things are not Klingons that I like they're and boring I'm tired of hearing the language it's you know it's really harsh and and I appreciate that they're going to have them just speak in Klingonese rather than have them switch well to they sound guttural the way they are because they're in these huge rubber masks and I know it's hard to listen to it is that's my one that's my one real issue with it is that that I didn't it seems like every time a new Star Trek comes out, they have to change the warp effect, and they have to change the transporter, and they have to change the uniforms. Okay, but now and then they change the Klingons. Right? So this, they've done all four of those. Yeah, um, I, I really like it though. 
I do too. Even the, the story even the bitching excellent. about it, I I really really enjoy it. I think Michael is a fantastic character. She is a great character. Um, I like the My captain. My wife watches it with me. So I was I was surprised they killed off some characters. I thought were going to be oh this is a member <laughs> of the crew and she's going to be you know high up in there. Oh, oh that person's dead. Wow. Yeah, well that. That sent an interesting signal that no one's safe in this. Show. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that. I, I, without saying spoilers, they killed what I considered to be a main character uh, in the what third episode? Yeah, or fourth episode? No, it was third. Third. Charlize and Theron so, was in the fourth. No, that was Orville. Sorry. No, that's that's uh, that's uh, that's Orville. Orville, and it was just like whoa. Yeah. Yeah. That, that. And brutally killed killed that person. I, I almost wish they'd stop the jokes. I, you know, I kind of do, but I don't, yeah, I agree with you. I just don't buy him as a captain. He seems incompetent. <laughs> and and they need to change that. They took the bridge where he and the woman sit side by side. I feel like I'm looking at a king and queen. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. It's kind of thronish. Yep. Yeah. But I like the look and the look and everything is not bad on that show. Mm-hmm. It's and it was the first episode was humorous. This the, now it feels like the jokes are forced. Well, the practical like the joke set. the one robot does on the one guy. Yeah, it cuts his. <laughs> that was good. I like that. Was that was good. I mean, there's there there are laughs in the show, and I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they don't feel up to the par of what he used to do. It's not, but you got to think what he used to do is very crass, and and he's trying yeah. to marry that with the next generation, and that's, that's a fine sci-fi. line. You know, people are complaining he's, he's doing serious sci-fi. I think he always wanted to be on Star Trek. So oh, he did. This was his, you this could was tell. his way of doing it. Yeah, right? so I, I love the fact that this last time. episode opens. They're watching Seinfeld. I know that was so actually good. one of my favorite episodes of Seinfeld with the Junior yeah. Mint. Yep. <laughs> All right, we're going to wrap up this episode. Owen will be back next week. I'll be back next week, and uh, we'll talk about some other stuff. See you guys then. Bye.